Yeah, dream on. That's what we're going to talk about, actually. And, and boy, Lainey is a real trooper. She's in Montreal, and uh, <laughs> could be worse. She could be in Nova Scotia on Atlantic time. But nonetheless, I think she was talking to, expecting to talk to us about an hour ago, but she's agreed to stay up, and that's perfect because, of course, we're going to be talking about sleeping, uh, particularly what you do when you're asleep, meaning dreaming. And you can go to haveagreatdream.com and check it out. Lainey, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Raleigh. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, except I must admit I'm fairly dream deficient. Uh, I know we all dream, but I'm one of those people who rarely remembers it, and I know I'm not alone. So what in and of itself does that mean? Oh, (laughs) we're all dreaming anyway, and the only advantage to remembering is because we are problem-solving in our dreams, and so you get the solution to how you want to manage whatever it is that you're facing this week. And you get it in the dream. So if you understand what the heck you're trying to say to yourself, which is why I'm here, (laughs) then you can problem solve faster. But even if you don't remember, you're problem solving anyway, and you're going to get it. It might take you a couple of days longer, but you're still going to get it. And what you can do is just ask yourself to remember a dream, because intention is everything. If you leave paper and pen beside the bed and make a decision that you're going to remember something, you probably will within a few days. You know, I've heard that before, and I did try that once, and I guess maybe this is why I don't remember my dreams. They're not nightmares, but they're, they're certainly not pleasant, and the ones I remember all have themes, and the theme basically is, and I'm sure you'll have a field day with this, being uh, certified in Gestalt counseling and all of that, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down, going down hallways that don't end narrow hallways. I'm stuck in elevators. I'm famous for that. Otis would, would be in business due to me fixing those. Uh, staircases that, you know, you can't go up or down, or they're not going anywhere you get the idea the the well yeah and you just said it yourself not going anywhere right absolutely and so that's what you want to look at because at the first level the dream is triggered by a very specific current issue in your life this week that you are attempting to problem solve and so my first goal when i'm working with a dreamer is to ask them a series of questions that help you tell me what situation in your life today triggered this morning's dream? Because if you, once you tell me what the situation is, um, it, it, then I can go back in the dream with you and teach you what does the solution look like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. I could just give you a very uh, quick example that'll let everybody know right away what's going on here. This one woman dreamed that she got a brand new puppy, and she's so excited about the puppy that she puts him up on the table right in front of her because she wants to look at him eye to eye, Uh and and she's just so happy, Mm. and all of a sudden, the puppy poos all over the table and all over her hands and her arms, and there's like poo everywhere, and so for me, I looked at the plot and the feelings. And I asked the dreamer, what do you think happened in your life in the last couple of days? Some situation that starts out new and happy and all of a sudden takes a very rotten turn for the worst. And it was her new job. She got a brand new job that she was so excited about. And after she was working there two or three days, realized that the boss is a really abusive guy. 
And so I'm not going to swear, I'll just use the word poo, but we all have that expression when someone treats you like garbage or treats you like poo, and that's where she got that kind of metaphor from. And for the solution, now that we knew it was about the new job that had gone bad, I asked her, if you really had a puppy and you really put him up on the table and he really pooed everywhere, what would you do if that happened in your waking life? And the first thing that she said is I would take him off the table. That's the first thing I would do. I would take him off the table and then I'd clean up the mess. And so in that dreamer's language, when she uses the expression, take it off the table, do you want to take a hunch, Raleigh, at what that meant for her? Yeah, quit the job. Exactly. That's what I asked her. What does that mean for you, take it off the table? And she said, when I take something off the table, it's not negotiable. I'm done. And, and that's what she did. She quit the job. So if you were having dreams like that about a job where, with an abusive boss, um, you would have quit the job also if you don't remember the dream. But she caught the, the meaning immediately and quit the job the same day. That's interesting. So if you're having the same dream repetitively over many years, whatever issue in your life, it, it's, it's either it's happening again and again or you're not tackling it at all. Um, I, I just love that, and a repeat, I love that question. The repeat like that, it's, it's called a favorite expression. And here I am not wanting to swear again and wanting to use that same darn word. But let's just say like this, that my favorite expression is, oh, darn it, which it's not. It's that other word that the puppy was doing. Yeah. But let's just say my expression is, oh, darn it. I could have said, oh, darn it, when I was 16 years old because I missed the bus. And I could have said, oh, darn it, you know, uh, when I was 25 because I brushed papers off the table, and I could have said, oh, darn it, about an hour ago when I realized that we weren't going on the air when, <laughs> when we expected to. Yeah. And so I'm still using the same expression, oh, darn it, but the situations are from completely different times in my life and have nothing to do with each other, and yet oh. the expression fits. And that's what happens when you get a recurring theme that happens to you maybe over a period of years or something. Wow, wow. That, that's actually very encouraging news, Lainey. So it's not that you're mired in the same pattern. Well, I'm no. sure that you are going to spark calls. And uh, with your indulgence, we will take some coming up. So 888-876-5593. That's 8888-R-O-L-L-Y-E. I'm Raleigh James, and it's WGN Radio. Lainey, we'll look into your dreams and tell you what's going on in your life. And uh, I find it, uh, it fascinating. Fascinating about the repetitive dream is not necessarily the repetitive situation, but here's another one. And let's say, and I have a girlfriend who this is true, she has dreams where she is in a different home. It's always, I think, the same home, but the bottom line is the important part is the closet. It is stock full of her clothes. Now, this is for years. They're always the same clothes, and she never has them in her waking life. What's that about? <laughs> Uh, well, again, um, I'm just projecting here because each of our associations are as unique to us as a fingerprint. 
And so you can't look it up in one of those dictionaries, which is why I wrote my books. And so, I mean, her closet is full of clothes, I, and you're saying the clothes never change. If that was my dream, I'd be looking at what aspect of my personality or my responses to life situations are always the same, having that knee-jerk reaction. Well, that's interesting. Like, you know, if somebody's rude to me, if I don't know how to speak up for myself, and my knee-jerk reaction is to remain quiet, like I did when I was six or seven years old, then that would be me... You know, if somebody aggravated me yesterday, I'm not six or seven years old anymore, and I don't need to have that same knee-jerk, over-exercised response of staying quiet when someone is rude to me. And maybe I'll go to sleep and dream that I'm still in the same closet with all the same clothing. You know, that's really interesting. I never looked at it that way because the clothes are excellent. She loves the clothes. It's not that she's tired of them. It's just she said, gee, I wish I had some of this in my waking life. This pretty nice clothes. And <laughs> right. Well, you want, to, you want to attach the dream to the waking life situation so that we could understand why she's yeah. using a, a closet. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, is she saying that there's things missing in her life that she would like? Maybe the dream is there to inspire her to look at that subject about what she wants in her life that she doesn't have. And I, I don't mean clothing. No, I understand that. Well, yeah, because you're always looking for the metaphor. The language that we speak to ourselves when we're sleeping is not the same language that we use when we're awake. We're using the language of metaphor, and that is actually what I teach. No, I know that's right, actually. From one of the few dreams I remember, I was in a situation that was just absolutely untenable that uh, I should have not proceeded forward. And I had this dream where I, I lost a limb, and I realized later, oh, that means I didn't have a leg to stand on. And in that situation, <laughs> that's exactly what I didn't have. So it had no nothing to do with... Raleigh, that. Yeah. that is my favorite in my book... I teach you six points of entry, I call them, yeah. that you can use to help you uncover what situation triggered this morning's dream. And one of, and my favorite point of entry is play on words and puns. Yeah. And that's exactly what you described. I had one many years ago where um, I, I was dreaming that I was walking around on my knees uh -huh. on the lower campus of a university in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> and I, it start, I was doing fine on my knees, <sighs> but it started to snow, and I was trying to get to the upper campus, and I, I couldn't go up the stairs on my knees. And when I woke up, I said to my husband, I couldn't stand up. And he said, why? Who are you having trouble standing up to? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. It was my brother. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Now, he wasn't in Asheville, was he? No. Okay, just, <laughs> just checking if you were location-specific. Because that's another thing that occurs is that when I do remember a dream, invariably I'll be in the same city. It'll be the same interstate exits and the same downtown buildings, except they don't exist. But they're there often. 
in your dreams you yeah, mean yeah right if you know the and again i probably remember one dream every 3 months and so for me to say yeah that downtown is all, is in all of them it's like what is up with that right and the and carl jung said and even all the fathers of psychology this they used to fight a lot but one of the things they didn't fight about was that all the parts of the dream represent different parts of you and so you're the director, you're the producer, you are all the actors, you develop the plot. It's all about you. And so what happens is the ego, you, uh, take the part in the dream that you feel the most connected to, and you give out all the other parts of yourself to different parts of the dream, the people, places, and things. Like, I know a guy who dreams about New York, and that's his way of saying to himself that he's busy. So he's using a city to make a comment about himself, and that's what we do. And so I could go a little deeper with that if you want me to. Well, I do in a minute, but i got to say that I'm a little disappointed because I hoped I was going to another dimension where these places really existed. All right, so we're talking to <laughs> Lainey Dolphin, and haveagreatdream.com is the website. And uh, come on, I know you have those dreams where you've always been wondering, what is that? Well, you want to find out? 888-876-5593. That's 8888-RALEIGH on WGN Radio. We're talking dreams here, and uh, as I was saying, here, I, here I've got these cities, and you've got this wonderful uh, analysis of it, and I don't get to go to other dimensions. Now, there are people who believe that what dreaming is about is you actually leave your body and you go elsewhere. Does that have any basis whatsoever, Lainey? You remind me of a story that uh, I was at a conference in Hawaii many years ago, and uh, we were walking back to the rooms. I offered um, a brilliant Freudian psychoanalyst a lift back to the hotel, and we had heard a Tibetan monk speak about how your soul travels yeah. and in, the, in your sleep, and, that, and the reason that that happens is because then when you die, you're not afraid because you're accustomed to doing that traveling that you've been doing in your dreams. And I said to him, so his name is Milton Kramer, a New Yorker, and I, I asked uh, Dr. Kramer, what did, what did you think about that monk? Was, wasn't that amazing that we leave our bodies every night? And he said, I don't know, I'm tired when it's time to go to sleep. I just want to stay sleeping. You know, that, that's so funny because what I was thinking while you were telling me this is, I don't know, I'm tired when I get up. Maybe I've been traveling. Right, and, and I'm sure that there's lots of things going on. The human mind is very, very sophisticated, no question about that. And my niche is that I look at the problem-solving aspect of dreams, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there isn't so many other things going on. We're very capable of multitasking. Well, that's the thing. I know when they do sleep studies and stuff, you have your different phases of sleep and your REM and, you know, all this other stuff. So I assume that uh, the, the cinema at night is probably a multiple dream feature, and it's interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, which one? Yes, it is. And I, I can take you a little deeper okay. about why you would want to do this besides the fact that you are uh, you have access to problem-solve current issues that are bothering you this week. 
and helping yourself cope. That's exactly what your dreams are doing. And in a very sophisticated way, I might add, because as humans, we lie to ourselves constantly. Uh, it, it's a function of being human is that our conscious is constantly lying, sweeping, avoiding, and that's a function of the conscious mind. But your unconscious never lies to you. When you go to sleep tonight, you're going to get the truth, and it's going to give you exactly what you're capable of receiving. And so I was going to... Uh, go away for a minute from the immediate surface meaning of the dream that has to do with this week. And just to say to you that when we arrive in the world, we come in whole. We have a plethora of potential. And, um, for example, you could be shy, assertive, hero, a chicken, maybe selfish, maybe you're giving, maybe you're an initiator, or maybe you're the one who's always on the receiving end, or maybe you were the comedian in the family, or maybe the more serious person. And so there's all this potential that we are born with, and the people that bring us up teach us that it's better to be one way than another way. And so, for example, if you're brought up in a home with siblings, you might get the message that it's not okay to be selfish because you hear things from your parents, like go share your toys with your sister, go look after your brother. And it, your whole life experience in a home with siblings anyway is that you're always sharing your parents. And so this idea of sharing and sharing is um, counter to behaving like you're looking after yourself as an only child who doesn't have to share their parents or their toys, they become more comfortable with paying attention to themselves. And when you grow up, those are the people who grew up in a home with siblings who may not have a lot of exercise about saying no. And those are the many of us walking the earth who are always saying yes, and they don't know how to give the no answer because simply because it's an under-exercised aspect of your personality. And in your dreams, all these different parts of yourself appear, and they are not random. So if you have something to say to somebody, or I'll just give you a very fast dream of um, Stephen, who's climbing up a ladder, and there's paper everywhere. He's having such a hard time getting to the top. And when he looks up there, he sees um, a college, his college roommate who he hasn't seen in 35 years. But when I asked him using a symbol's point of entry, what are the first two or three things that come to your mind when you think about that, that person? The first thing he said is he was a real selfish, take care of me kind of guy. And the situation that triggered that dream was all the paper that was all over Stephen's desk that he wanted to work on, but his friends had called and asked if he would go see a movie with them. And because Stephen doesn't know how to say no, and he's always accommodating people, he said yes when he really didn't feel like it. And so that college roommate represents that part of Stephen that knows how to say no. And that's why he's climbing towards that, 
person, and that's who's encouraging him. And once he understood the metaphor of the dream, he called his friends the next morning and said, I'm sorry, there's too much work on my desk. I'm not going to join you for a movie tonight. Good, good. That, that, and, you know, that's the kind of thing when you normally think, well, I'll find out about my dreams. It almost sounds like, well, that's just one of those fun things that has, has no real, uh, real impact. But uh, literally by talking to you, he, he made a decision that, that changed at least for a few hours the course of his life. That's, that's right, a- and you practice, though, because I'm, I'm not here to say that change is easy. I am here to say that change is possible. Because once, it's the same thing as working out in a gym. Once you start exercising these different parts of yourself that are under-exercised, or Carl Jung would have called them your shadows, once you start exercising these parts of yourself, you get more and more comfortable. Like that was a few years back, and at this point, Stephen has been practicing saying no. And so he doesn't always accommodate. That's great. I've only got a minute and a half, so I'm going to hog you. I'm not going to take calls at this point, because the question that's been in the back of my mind is the world right now is going through a pandemic. They're in a situation, people, that they've never experienced in their lives. Has it changed the dreams you're hearing about? Yeah. It's not so much that it's changed it as much as, the the because uh, all of us always have something that's bugging us. And it's like yeah. you can't get away from that. There's always something that you're working on. But the uh, phenomenal thing that we're getting to see these days is that underneath it all, we're all trying to manage the same darn thing, and that your dreams are helping you manage. And it's not an accident that people who appear in the dream, like Stephen's college roommate, who he associates as being selfish, you might dream about a character that you knew from years ago or that you even know today, who's a happy-go-lucky person, who takes life easy, and maybe you're dreaming about that person because you've been down nervous and scared about the virus, and you're dreaming about somebody who's a happy-go-lucky person because your psyche, your unconscious, is trying to get in touch with that lightness in you. That's, that's you see what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Lainey, can we do it again when we have more time? Anytime. I'm always, always ready for you, girl. All right. Well, in the meantime, have a great dream.com, and thank you so much. Thank you. So that's uh, that's fascinating. I, I didn't expect to uh, to hear anything I could actually use, and that's that's wonderful that I can. Well, do we have something for you next hour? A spiritual medium. Who do you want to bring back? Oh, do I have a list? Although I have more that I'd rather be going. Oh, who said that? I'm Raleigh James. It's WGN Radio. <laughs> 